Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. Welcome back. Here's part two of our chat with Liz Carr. If you haven't heard part one, you know what to do. Go back to the feed and click on part one first. It's most important that you do because she is a genius. I love her. Here's part two. So you might remember that certainly in the UK, up until the early 90s, there would be a telethon. So there would be, you know, and they've gotten big in the States and all over the world. So a bunch of celebs are sort of answering the phone and doing all kinds of things. But often the images you, so we talked about earlier on about how I never really saw myself on TV mm. and certainly relationships. I didn't have those role models. But often when you would see disabled people, it would be on the telethons. So we'd be wheeled out as kind of give you know as objects of charity was pity wasn't it it was always this absolutely absolutely in fact once i didn't so i didn't go there was this massive lots of my friends were there and i was just i was so newly i was a fledgling activist at this point this was in my first sort of six months right. and, and all my sort of heroes they all went to to telethon uh that to itv studios and they barricaded the building and had placards and did their own alternative entertainment wow. and and it stopped it i mean it because it was the worm turning it was them saying you're using us you're using our image and we're saying we don't want this yes and telethon i mean you know there'll probably be other reasons why it stopped but it was one of the most effective and yeah my friend john smith got out of his chair i mean it was phenomenal and did phenomenal. that what like that was actually whilst the telethon was going on so it stopped people yeah. getting to the studio to be yeah Later that year, I did one of the children in need protests. It was one of the most aggressive experiences of my life. And I was staying at my mum and dad's. So I was at university in Nottingham. Mm. I'd gone to theirs and we were going to a protest in Coventry. And they were doing the live broadcast, you know, where they go to different parts. Yes. And, you know, the lives of the outside broadcast. And two things about that that I'll never forget. I'm making the placard while I'm at home with my mum. And our, our mantra was piss on pity. Right. So I'm getting my mum to help me with the plaque on. She's like, it's a bit strong, though, dear, isn't it? I mean, could you just put poo on? Pity? <laughs> <laughs> it just hasn't got the same ring, mum. And it's worse. <laughs> it's like, it's worse. <laughs> I'd rather be pissed on than chat on if we, you know. Me too. Fair, this yeah. is true. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Which is very revealing. Um, and then, I'm terribly <laughs> vanilla, Liz. <laughs> I'm not, but that's fine. Um, and then we get there into, you know, into Coventry and it's like the police were there. And for the first time ever, the police were there to protect us oh, because oh. we were spat on. They threw coins on us. Because basically, you've got people who are raising money for people like me going, you ungrateful lot. We're doing this for you. How dare you do that? And it, it was the most aggressive wow. protest I've ever been on. And the, yeah, the police protected us 
from the audience. But you're sort of stepping outside of their narrative of what this is rather than and they're not going to listen to you if you say you don't like it. It's so mind-boggling. Well, nobody likes sometimes to have either a truth or something that's uncomfortable. Your motives, why would you know any different? That's the thing. Mm-hmm. You don't, yeah. It's kind of why I did the musical as well in a way. It's like think whatever you think about this as an issue, but I don't think that an alternative view is ever out there Mm. that's not religious. Mm -hmm, I don't think there's an alternative that goes, as a secular, non-religious atheist person that cares very much about people, though, I don't think there's an alternative view. But there is a view, and you can oppose assisted suicide. And in the same way, there's just there aren't alternative ways of looking at the world, not there in the media, not enough. So, you know, of course, we're given this idea that disabled people, they need charity. Yeah. I thought that, you know, I thought that growing up, I thought I wasn't going to have a partner. I would never be able to live on my own. Um, I was the object of pity and charity. I believed that about myself, that horrible, you get it in the queer community, the gay community, that whole internalized depression where you hate yourself and you hate the community you're part of, Mm. you know, and we see that, don't we? We see that. In, in any group who's, who's treated. Marginalised groups, yes. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I, I'm just curious that on the telethon things, uh, did they cover, did they, when in the live broadcast that was going on as you were protesting, did they actually mention what was going on or, or, or in any way acknowledge it? Actually, I think they did because I'm pretty sure, because I, I, sadly I wasn't there, but now I think that they actually got into the studio. So oh. I think a little bit like, I think a little bit like the lesbians did. Oh, I yes, with Sue Lawley. Yeah. Was that with Sue Lawley? <laughs> Sue Lawley. Sue Lawley's lesbians. There's, there's a, I think, um... For those of you who don't know, Sue Lawley was this posh newscaster lady on British on BBC. And one time when she was doing a live news broadcast, these lesbians stormed the studio. <laughs> and, didn't, and didn't she kind of like, wasn't she like pushing one off with her arm off camera or something? Yes. Isn't it Sue Lawley? It's, there's the sort of apocryphal tale about Sue Lawley left her... Um, left her mic on, allegedly, for all the lawyers listening. The sound man heard her being entertained by a young gentleman. I'll leave it at that. And she, and the, apparently the phrase was, fuck me till I fart. Ah. Fuck me till I fart. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I can relate to that as somebody with IBS, that I actually say the opposite. Usually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I usually just go carry on regardless because it's just... <laughs> Otherwise, we'll be here all night. Uh, we're here, we're here, here now. We might we'll as well. Sex, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you as well about you. Start. You said at the beginning, Liz, about using the word "crip" or other words like that that would, and sometimes would be offensive if it weren't a disabled people and claiming and all that stuff. And I'm really fascinated by that because about the sort of nomenclature of disability, and because in the United States of America, where I live mostly. They still call it handicapped, and it's just—it's really—I find it really offensive. It's all handicapped, uh, handicapped bathroom, handicapped parking. You know it, that word is still prevalent uh, uh, yeah. uh, there. And I remember years and years and years ago, there was this thing called the Raspberry Ripple Awards, and it was a—it was an awards ceremony about. Um, I remember that. Oh, do you? Yeah. And these awards were to sort of. Uh, celebrate and, and thank people for positive uh, images of yeah. disability. And I think I hosted the first awards. But it was interesting for me to sort of like, you know, because Raspberry Ripple is sort of like Cockney rhyming slang for cripple. Oh. But I, I, but, and I was like, oh, is that, you know, is that all right? But actually, that's an interesting thing about claiming those things. It's really hard at the moment, isn't it? It's like, usually it's other people from different groups who are like, you can't use that word. And I tend to find that 
those who it's they're about words like crip and cripple are usually fine with them mm. um and so it's it is a word it, there's something about it when we used to use it on on our podcast um it just felt so i don't know a bit like you were part of a club you weren't doing it to be shocking actually mm. uh, you, you know i know that the, the word can be but it's just a sort of a shorthand um, and I think the the really tough thing is that language about whatever, whether it's about race or disability or whatever, is we just get so, uh, to use a disability word, paralyzed uh, by it. We just don't <laughs> know. So then we, we stop. We don't, is it, you know, my mum said to me, it's colored, not okay anymore. Mm. <laughs> and she really, she says, I'm, I'm scared. I don't know what to say. And we talked about why, no, I mean, you know, there are far more offensive things. Yeah. And talked about that and the same around disability. And the States is interesting because I'm, I know lots of disabled people, uh, across the world, loads in the States and, and, but they're academics and they're activists. And so they use the correct term and they're as horrified by words like handicapped, but that's kind of, you know, local government or the equivalent who are still using those words. Oh, so they would but like it to change. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it doesn't mean at all that those who have had this sort of political awakening that I talked about yeah. and see disability as almost a capital D as a political statement mm. that we, we're united by discrimination, really. Mm. Uh, w- whatever bit it is of you that doesn't work, um, that thing we share, we share the experience of, a, a, of an ism, really. And so there's whole loads of people in the States that absolutely are not happy with, with that language. And, oh, um, so yeah, but so so you, you're right about that completely. But they don't really do crip in the states. No. So you know we. Is it I, sort I, of I, something I got, about in a way shut uh, when you because you said it early on and I sort of thought oh I because it's sort of it's is it meant to shock a non-disabled person in a way or to or, and and also to kind of break the ice as well. Maybe, you know, because of so many of the things we've talked about and the way, and particularly, you know, I'm tiny, I'm like four foot six, I look really frail. And so people do not, if you don't know me, you don't expect what's going to come out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. And um, and so then to say something like that, when you see us as objects of pity, maybe, or or tragic recipients of that kind of attitude, then actually to hear something quite shocking, I think people can be very affronted by that and it can be very challenging. Even people who are, you know, in the very liberal yeah. can feel, find yeah, but that. Perhaps more so. Yeah. I, I worked with, um, uh, when I was directing TV commercials, there was a, a creative duo who come up with the ideas for the adverts called Chris and Pip. Chris is a man, Pip is a woman. And Pip has a stick she uses a stick. I don't know why, like no one's ever talked about it. And I'd known them for a couple of months and we all got on like a house on fire. We were making a commercial together for Marks and Spencer's and they're just great fun. And we, but they used to refer to themselves because they're a double act instead of Chris and Pip as piss and crip just to wind people up. (laughs) And when they did it to me the first time, I literally was like, like I felt, you know, when you feel the air sucked out the room and I'm like, did she just say that? Or is she, is someone, am I supposed to react? You know, cause it's, there's sort of a three step thing, isn't it? It's like, you shouldn't say that. Actually, I'm being tested. Okay. How am I going to react? Do you know what I mean? It's funny. It is really fun. I'm really fascinated by it. I mean, I think it's really great that there's some spirit about it. It makes you think about it at the same time as also enjoying people, the people who are the marginalized group having fun with it. It kind of starts a dialogue in a way. 
I guess it's about power, isn't it? And these little games of taking a little bit of power. So normally you're labelled. So we talk, I talked about how people are obsessed with what's wrong with me. Mm, yeah. yeah. If you look at it in Google, it's kind of what's wrong, what condition does, that's what comes up pretty much first. Mm, right. You know, so when you then take some power around how you're described and how you're represented mm. and the language around that, I think I think that's really important in your own kind of freedom and your own emancipation so, so, yeah, I, think it's, yeah. I appreciate people will be offended by it but i'm not uh, you know it, the purpose is not to offend yeah a lot of the time you know our listeners listen to people on this show who represent a part of them that they can't see and hear elsewhere and i wondered about the queer disabled community and if you found any good bonds in that world and you know and where do people go to find other queer disabled people who they can you know, relate to in on that very specific thing. Yeah, because I think, you know, I, I said about how before I was I was out and with my wife, um, I very much frequented gay space, mm. and so many of my friends. Uh, one of my first loves was a, a guy who, um, when I said, "Look, you know, we we entered the friend zone." And, um, and then I finally told him I wanted to go out with him. I was in love with him and he hung up on me. We were very, very close. And then he rings back and he says, I, I can't, I, I thank you, but I'm gay and I've never told anyone. Oh, wow. And, and, and then he became out and, uh, was out and had loads of relationships and, use tinder and all the things that everybody else uses and we were the greatest friends you mm. know uh-huh. and until he died that's why i'm saying the, the when oh, and um and so lots of and, and so i've been around um lots of very wonderful gay disabled people and part of that world i guess the thing is you find yourself and you find each other but there aren't that many spaces there's like regard which is an organization that is about um gay and lesbian um, um, disabled people and that exists in the UK mm. but there's very few organisations and of course you know the gay world is so fucking inaccessible mm. I mean it really is yeah. and honestly the gay male world unfortunately or an element of it can be so horrifically obsessed with image yeah. mm. that you can feel so the excluded body fascist. from that the body fascism aspect of mm. it Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at BlueNile.com and remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. But I'm I'm thinking about uh, as well, so a certain airline 
did a gay flight. Oh, yeah, the Pride flight, yeah. Now, we like doing anything like that. So we were like, we're going to get tickets. I'm quite competitive. <laughs> so I made, you know, it was up on the day when the tickets became available. And we got tickets for me and Joe. And a friend of ours, David James, who's brilliant American queer uh, musical theatre guy. Love him. He's, he's, he helped me with the musical. He was then in the musical. He's the old guy in the musical that I do me and the Pope. Ah, uh, okay, great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, he was 70 then. He's sort of 73 now. And I love David. And we went on this, um, th- this flight together. And so we'd been promised Judy Garland sing-alongs, uh, drag queen bingo, I know to some people that's going to sound like hell. Uh, to me and Joe, obviously we like camp and kitsch. It was our idea of, of great fun. Well, no, there was none of that what? that took place. Really what took place is it was sort of like there was a DJ. There was a lot of beautiful people. Mm. Um, it was about being seen and it was about the influencers. Mm. So we happened to be in an area where all the influencers <sighs> were, which was not fair because we just paid normal tickets like normal concerts. Yeah. We weren't there because of me being on telly or anything we were just there just that word and, makes me my toes curl oh influence. i'm sorry i used it i mean i feel the same <laughs> oh. i do um so everyone was there most people were there to be looked at and david well the way that he was treated on that flight as a 70 odd year old man gay man going to something celebrating stonewall and he was in new york at that time just broke my heart because he took his top off at one point, okay, on the flight. Mm. If he had been in his 20s and a bit of a twink, can you imagine? Oh, yeah. The phones would have been out. Everybody would have been instering mm. it and the whole wanky world of media and social media. Instead, occasionally people were filming his him, but with a, a comedy look, with a look of, look at the funny oh, old the man funny old dancing with oh. the top off. And, you know, and they came and they... That uh, they had a rainbow flag, one of the air hostesses, and sort of wrapped it round him and all that. And I just thought, you know what? If you were anyone else, um, and if you were younger, you would be treated so differently. Yeah. yeah. And and we felt, you know, uh, however people would perceive me, but obviously I'm with a, a butch appearing lesbian, so we're holding hands. So whoever we are, as a three in a row of three, we were persona non grata mm. uh, on that flight. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah, me too. And. We, when we get to New York, one of the nights Grace Jones was playing, which, I mean, she blew my mind. By Fabulous. The way. But we, yeah. oh my God. But we get there and we've got, because of David. And P.S., she's got, like a thousand years old as well. Oh, <laughs> I mean, and she's still. And she's gorgeous. Hula throughout the whole song. The hula song. hoop thing, which oh, she did the yes. entire song. Oh, I love that. And going up those steps as well. Does she have to do the she, step thing? They show you. Yes. So, oh, incredible. And mm. she keeps it going. I mean, her stage presence Amazing. is going on. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because even when she's going back to every song, pretty much, she changes her costume or puts a hat on wow. or changes her shoes or whatever. But she's kind of on a, in a little tent at the side of the stage and she continues. She's still yes, that's talking right. she's, with you or yeah, doing something. She's off stage. Oh, yeah. I love that. I yeah. love that. It's like the She's equivalent of going behind a, uh, what do you call this, a screen. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Those things like an old stripper <laughs> so, would do. Yeah. <laughs> so we go, so we're in New York. And, and you know, one thing that the states have, okay, they don't have a protection and a welfare state, but they do have a sort of civil rights-based approach. Mm-hmm. So their rights-based approach to disability discrimination is much stronger than it is over here in the UK. Oh. But we go to, we, we go there, um, and it's part of Pride. It's part of World Pride. 
There's no accessible toilets. And the, the kind of, um, there, there was seating and seating area. And we wanted that for David. He couldn't, he wasn't going to stand for the rest of it, you know. Um, it wasn't accessible. Oh. And we oh. just went, wow. you know, even on the, on the margins and even when we're paying, mm-hmm. you know, this is really consumerist gay. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's very, you know, commercialized gay world is a whole different world, really. Um, and it's so exclusionary. So, wow. Yeah. There's a lot I, of work you know, to be done. A lot of work to be done. That said, one of my happiest places, I love performing and I love it, is like the RVT, the Royal Vauxhall Tavern. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's my world. That's where I'm happy um, performing. And it's not accessible, the stage, but they will lift you up and make it possible. And, you know, uh, yeah, do the work. It doesn't always have to be perfect. That's the thing. Yeah. Again, it's about intention. Yeah. It's about feeling that you belong. Yes. So even if the access is rubbish, the fact that you are valued and wanted there yeah, and, and people will do what they can to, to keep you there yes. because you're going to sue them. <laughs> yes. And not because of money. Yeah. But because they they absolutely want you and your contribution. You're part of the community, that, you know, yeah, that, you're part isn't of the it? Community. It's, it's like, and I've said this way too many times on this podcast, so I will have to say it in four seconds. But like, I have, when I walked into Ducky at the Royal Vauxhall Tavern in London, I s- finally was like, now this I get because it's a family yeah. and people are inclusive and different and weirdos as well yeah yeah you know um i have a i have a club in um in new york did you know that list called club coming i know it because of wikipedia Oh, i didn't know yes but i did yeah but it's a sort of performance uh, cabaret club and uh i hope next time you're in new york you'll come by and I would do a little set and you'd be most welcome. So we saw you at the Palladium. Oh, did like, you? About four years Alan ago. Cumming sing sing Sappy Songs. Sing Sappy Songs. Yeah. Ah, so that's that was... so nice you came. Thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> fine. We waved, but you didn't wave back. <laughs> so. That was so <laughs> fun that night. That was like, talk about terror. Like those places, those, like you, what, yeah. when you walk along to go to the stage of the Palladium, go on the stage of the London Palladium. There's got all big pictures of like Judy Garland and all these people who've performed there, you know, yes. the legendary performances there. You're like, all oh, right, you could just, you know, have Here nice we wallpaper. <laughs> um, we've got to wrap up in a minute, but I, I wanted to ask, how do you feel n- now in contemporary culture that uh, representations of disability uh, are and has that improved and wh- what's to be done? Oh, God, why do you ask me this when there's four minutes? Oh, well, yeah, uh, can go longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is that non, not that important question about where's representation now. <laughs> um, I guess it is better. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course it is. I've spent, I've just spent eight years on a major BBC drama. Great. Um, but that's the exception. Silent Witness, yes. for those who don't know. Silent Witness, sorry, yes, a forensics drama mm. uh, predates CSI, by the way. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and really fought for my character, Clarissa Mullery, to have a relationship and be seen as a sexual being. Mm. Uh, there was talk about her being a lesbian, actually, in that. Mm. And <laughs> apparently they just thought that was far too that was much. too many things. Yeah. They thought it was too unrealistic. Oh, I'm like, oh. Well, I go home to a woman. That's so yeah. funny. Unrealistic would not be the word I would think they would come up with. How funny. Just, I guess because if you don't see that many disabled women on TV and then you're making them a lesbian as well. Yeah, well, I suppose yeah, I guess, I guess their narrow yeah. view is, gosh, you're trying to 
tick all the boxes with one person. Mm, right. But in terms of realism, we do come in all shapes and sizes, and that's me and my reality. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm married to a woman. Mm. So, um, but yes, but it was really important, uh, and I forced the portrayal of my character with a husband. So that was better than nothing. <laughs> Because, and, and just a normal relationship. I mean, your ups and downs of average life rather than a fraught, oh, because I'm disabled, no one yes, will love me, yes. which we feel, but I, we think that ourselves anyway. So we don't need that reinforced. Mm, right. yep. We need to see gay or, or queer or disability relationships where it's not always angst-ridden yeah. because who but be as it, as it like should us? be rather than as it is. Absolutely, yeah. how it should be and could be, Yeah, I think. So um, there is that. I'm, um, I'm going to be in my first... Hollywood film. <gasps> uh, What's that? It's called Infinite, uh, and it's an Antoine Foucault film uh, with Mark Wahlberg and Sophie Cookson and Chiwetel Ejiofor. Oh, wow. It's wow. big. Um, and I don't know that anybody that looks like me without prosthetics has ever been in a film like that, Why? to be honest. yeah. Right. If anyone thinks they have, I mean, I, I hope they have. Maybe they'll write but, in and tell us. Oh, they'll tell us. But please do, because I don't think, and I, and, and it's also, it's, it's an action film, but a lot of the kind of the key people are not, like there's a trans person in it, there's, but, you know, yet it's also the, the, the genre and the director and people in it. It's, it's very kind of very traditional. Wow, it that's great. Really great people in it. Mm. Um, so... Little by little, yes. not enough, not quick enough, but want more, always But greedy. an upward curve. Mm, yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a wedge. Probably. It's a wedge. A wedge. It's a wedge. <laughs> more than a liberal wedge. Yeah. Yes. No, <laughs> maybe it's a very slow, I, I'll take that. Um, yes, absolutely. And speak, speaking of wedges, I wanted to ask you about kink, because you've mentioned it a couple of times, and right. I feel like it's a part of culture and queer culture that is often shrouded in it has to be done in after dark and you know yes because you said you were very vanilla i'm terribly vanilla i think it's important <laughs> to be really? honest <laughs> i'm terribly vanilla that was such a vanilla thing to say it was isn't it <laughs> ever so vanilla but you know i just explained but if you'd like to show me something else <laughs> yeah. sure i was very open to Listen. it maybe we should explain to people what we're talking about vanilla meaning kind of a, a oh, more yes. straightforward sexual yeah uh, practices yes and kink. Uh, how would you define kink hmm. kinky would be probably any sort of thing that you might de derive pleasure from that's outside of the normal ways of procreating in a way of just having sex for having kids mm. or having regular penetrative sex i would say mm. it's kind of anything beyond that it could be t it could be getting off because somebody be on tickling it could be mm -hmm. having yes. somebody stand over you it could be having somebody hurt you it could be having someone caress you i mean it's it's many many things mm. um and i think it does have a it has a sort of a well, until sort of Fifty Shades came yes. out, it, it had very much a kind of horror behind closed doors and a bit of a dirty old man yeah, view to yeah. it. Yeah, which and it shouldn't. Which it shouldn't because it's if it's consensual and you're in a couple or whatever or you, you're doing something that you want to do that gives you pleasure or gives somebody else pleasure, mm. then I think then it's, it's great. absolutely great. And also people yeah. aren't honest about it. Like, do you know Esther Perel, that sex relationship therapist? I don't know. Oh, she's great. She's a French lady and she just is so frank about, about sex of all kinds. Yes. 
I really think she's amazing. She has a podcast. She does. Of course. Who doesn't? Yeah. She <laughs> says, because one thing is about kink is I think that people reveal them slowly or don't feel they can quite deep into a relationship and therefore they're not, you know, they're not exploring stuff that they should absolutely be able to explore. And she's like, she has this thing that you have to get your kinks out straight away. So you've got to say on the first time you have sex, I just, you know, I love a finger up I my bum or that. I love a dot, yeah. dot, dot. Or, yeah. yeah, because um there's freedom in that really and there's nothing yes. to be ashamed of and it's like your well, wife think, it's like your wife she got it she got absolutely. it straight. she was like this is what i want yeah i mean who's not attracted to that no, i think it's great so be direct I, I, think, I think that kink for me and for some of my community disabled people was just so much more welcoming oh, really because mm. if you're not you know if you're into the same way of having sex and maybe your body can and can't do that mm -hmm. um you know and so you might experience pleasure in a different way yeah. you might do after an accident or something happens but if you think that sex has to look a certain way yeah a mainstream view of sex a vanilla view of sex then you've got no sex life mm. but if actually you can experience pleasure in many many different ways yeah then so, so it was somebody. a natural crossover really with kink i think yeah and also you know, one of the things that's, that I love about being a disabled person, I really do, is that the, the expectations on me are so low. I mean, they really are. <laughs> Surviving is about enough, okay? Um, and I put them on myself as well when I was growing up, as we talked about. Mm. But when you have no expectations, nobody expected me to get married. Nobody expected me to have kids. Nobody expected me to be in a Hollywood movie. Mm. No one expected me to, whatever it is then actually you can do anything mm. and right. you can be anything because you don't have to do things in the same way. So, so if, as an example, our wedding, we just yes. tore up <laughs> and did it our way really and, and kind of picked the bits we liked and threw in lots of things that people don't normally do. And we could do that. We didn't wear the white dresses and we didn't have the same kind of music, the selection of five that people have. I mean, so using low expectations and almost non-expectations about you is kind of liberating mm -hmm. if you're able to take advantage of that and you're afforded the opportunities. I feel very lucky that I've had either people around me or the opportunities that I could kind of go and go, do you know what, since nobody expects me to be anything, then I don't have to be anything. I don't have to be a lawyer and follow my law degree. I'm just going to go and work for a law centre and then break the law. And then I'm going <laughs> to fuck around for a few years and do nothing. And maybe do a bit of comedy. No expectations. And I bet you, if I was a non-disabled woman, if I, I became disabled at seven, I bet you if that hadn't happened, I wonder. I wonder what my life would have been like in a sliding doors way. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Very different. Very yeah. different. No way near as amazing. I would guess. Who knows? Liz, this has been so... Don't call me inspirational. <laughs> oh, you're such <laughs> an inspiration. You're such I an inspiration. Oh. <laughs> Isn't she just an inspiration? No. That's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. She said, don't call me inspiring because I was about to say it. But uh, she is. So she funny. is inspiring. That last thing she was saying about the life she might have had and how the, the sort of when there's no low expect or zero expectations of you, what how liberating that can be and the life you can have. Yeah. I thought that was incredible, an, an incredible insight and just a total hoot.
she's such a love isn't she and just someone who clearly thinks about why are things like this and is that right and yeah those are the people we can always learn from i'm just i don't Absolutely. know i've just i've got a crush on her i always have like the first time i ever encountered her saw Me her too. online or whatever i was just like yeah it was just really fun to sit and chat and after we finished recording, um, her wife came on for a yeah. photo and say hello. And that was hilarious. That banter was hilarious. She said that her wife had said, do you mind if I stay in the room? Will that put you off? And she said, only if you masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> it's also like they clearly really adore each other. They were sort of giggling totally. and like, I love seeing, yeah. seeing people, two people in love. It's such a lovely thing to watch, isn't oh, it's it? It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was, I, I thought that was a, well, and just from the, the, the word go, the first I came on this, uh, you know, we see the, we see the guest on zoom and we record it separately, of course, but the first thing is <laughs> this big yellow um, feather boas behind yes, her yeah. uh, on, on the end of our, uh, of our wheelchair. I just thought, oh, I'm going to like you. Totally. Anyway, if you would like to... Actually, there was a lot of questions in that interview that would be... I'm sure people have got a lot of feedback and a lot of... Uh, maybe they could fill us in on some of the things we were not clear about. Absolutely. Uh, you can write to us at hello at homosapienspodcast.com. Then that would be great. Let's hear your opinions and your thoughts. Or you can contact us at Homo Sapiens on Instagram or Homo Sapiens Podcast on Facebook. There's a Facebook group you can join. And also uh, you can subscribe uh, to us. Oh, there's a squirrel outside my window. That's sorry. not a squirrel. Um, <laughs> I didn't even know what uh, it Sorry about that. Got you can subscribe as well, of course, and uh, tell your friends. And, uh, you know, yeah. spread, the, spread the Homo Sapiens word. Please do. And thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back next week with the Homo Sapiens Extra. Hope we'll be inside your uh, oral cavity then. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout. Because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl, yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Powered by Spirit Studios.